Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. This is Josh. And I'm Erica. And I love coffee. With a splash of crime. Hi, welcome back. Hey Josh. Long time no see. We've made it two weeks in a row now, so we just gotta keep on going. (laughs) We're professionals. I like to be the popular bitch, so I was like, why not do another popular case? You did one last week, I'm finna do one this week, but we should probably jump into it. But before we do, Erica, what's in your cup? Today, same as last week, I'm drinking a venti iced white mocha with no whip. They actually put a lot of ice in today, which is my favorite. I love, I don't even want my straw to fit. I just want it to be so cold, and they did that today, and I'm super stoked. What are you drinking? I'm basically drinking the same thing as you, actually. Iced white mocha, no whip, blonde, because everything's better blonde. I've said it once, and I'll say it again. That's what they say. Blondes have more fun. They do. They really do. I was blonde once, so I know from experience. I would say it's definitely true. Like, the lighter your hair is, the more fun you have. Exactly. So, like, a dirty blonde has less fun than a platinum blonde. Exactly. (laughs) But a platinum blonde is down to get railed in an alley uh <laughs> i mean i didn't say it but <laughs> but your face says speaking from experience <laughs> <laughs> just, <laughs> just kidding she's not, she's not kidding what have you been up to this week so for those of you do, who don't know we got a new puppy he is a year and a half and we ended up naming him creature he's a little black and tan french bulldog and he's just taking up all our attention we are not doing anything but petting him because if you stop he will let you know it's not allowed, which has been so much fun. We have our 10-year-old Multipoo. She's slowing down a little bit. She doesn't want to be bothered. She doesn't want my three-year-old to bother her. She just wants to take a little nappy time. And then I have my 12-year-old cat. Yeah, I think 12. And he's just mostly stays in the bedroom all day now, on the bed, sleeping all day. And then at night wants to snuggle. He'll come out to see company, but he... He doesn't come out unless he wants to be rubbed. No, homeboy wants to be rubbed constantly. Literally, you're on the couch, and he decides now's the time to snuggle. So he's not like a normal cat. Most cats are like, mm, I'll just come sit next to you and ride. No, homeboy wants to sit on your chest. Yeah, he, he wants to be like, now it is time to cuddle. Boy cats, they're <laughs> obsessed. They're obsessed. And then now we have our little creature feature. Creature, where are you? It's like having a child. It is consistent. First of all, Frenchies love to... And this is him. Say hi. Hopefully now that he had his 10 seconds, he'll be quiet the rest of the episode. But if you hear him snorting around in the background, it's because we don't want to lock him up. You might hear a little bit of, a little bit of snorty. We just have a little piggy over here now. But he's so cute. I can, I'm literally obsessed. Because we should probably get to it, right? Before Hunter decides that he's going to join us. Back from school. Unfortunately, I'm just kidding. I love him. All right. So I know the case that I'm going to be talking about today, I know Erica's heard it a couple times on multiple different podcasts, and I know it's a pretty high profile case, so I think it would be harder not to hear it. But with that being said, today's case is a wild one. It engages with the victim of opportunity along with a convenient travel schedule that made details and connection elude authorities. It shows tragedy and a complex violent rage among somebody who was taught no better at a young age. This is the story of the happy face killer. I like to do cases in chronological order because that makes the most sense, but I may jump around here and there just because details came forward as the years gone by. I'm going to start with his childhood. His name is Keith Hunter Jesperson, and he was born April 5th, 1955 in Chilliwack, British Columbia. That's in Canada. It's not Columbia. It's Columbia. So what zodiac sign? 
Aries? Aries. Yeah, was like I right? Like your dad. Yeah. Damn. He's an Aries like my dad. I guessed. That was good. He was a middle child. He had two brothers and two sisters, so they had a pretty big family. Josh Smithson's father was an actual piece of shit, and I'm just going to say it. He had his fair share of issues. He was abusive. He was an alcoholic, which alcoholism seems to run in their family because Jasperson's grandfather was also a drunk, abusive alcoholic. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. They like to party? Yeah. <laughs> you know, a little party and everything. Every day? Every day. All day? Yeah. 8 a.m. Time to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That, that's horrible. But pass me the whiskey. <laughs> Just kidding. Jasperson was a larger kid. So he was tall and stocky and many kids made fun of him growing up. He was also chunky? Yeah. So he was chunky and tall. Growing up, everybody used to make fun of him. The thing is, too, about chunky, tall kids, I feel like they always lean out as they get older. Sometimes. He, they made fun of him his whole life. High school, everything. He had a little bit of a hunchback. He had a horrible posture. His brothers and sisters decided that they were going to nickname him Igor. <laughs> That's so sad. And then brought it to school. So then all the kids started calling him Igor. That's really fucked up. Yeah, it's cute when you got fucking four brothers and sisters. He had dark circles under his eyes. It just, it wasn't cute. Everybody made fun of him. And then his father decided that it would be a great idea to punish him for being a loner, and very to himself and not popular. So his dad would routinely hit him. He was found on many times taking the metal from his belt buckle and beating him with it. Toxic masculinity strikes again. Uh, I don't done. know why dad's just too much. Just too much. It is. There was this boy that I went to school with. And he jerked off in class. And everybody would call him gay. Hmm, I can relate. And so they would be like, you're a fag, you're a fag. It's mean. Me. Yeah, that's kids. That's, that was me in middle school. People yeah. used to call me fags in Spanish all the time. But I guess his dad would do it too. Oh, cute. And he made him join the football team because he thought that would make him straight. Oh. And Why didn't he just send him to one of those camps? I actually hear they're really good for you. <laughs> you actually go to this camp and... And then you're just... Straight. What do they call them? I think they called them conversion camps. They're perfect. really cute. It's you perfect. just go and then they brand you with a rainbow and then you're straight. Awesome. Yeah, you didn't know? I didn't. I'm Girl. just hearing this now for the first time. I got you. News to you. <laughs> Breaking news from Josh. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know why these dads think they can just make their son straight. It's okay. You got a gay one. Get over it. That's it. I think it's really funny because most, as a gay guy, somebody who's clearly gay, it's clearly from a mile away. I notice a lot of people who like talk shit or I feel the urge to have to say anything or do anything about it. It's like one of those things that like people clearly you can just tell in their eyes, like in the back of their eyes, they want to be banged by you. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you to know. say it. Like, I hate to say it, but all those guys, they just stare at you. They're angry because they're in the closet too. Yes. And they can't come out because they're so... Toxic? Yeah. Okay. So his dad, it, it ran in the family. He got it from somewhere. That's what I'm saying. The <laughs> apple don't fall far from the tree. <laughs> I'm just saying they from the same flower patch. The same flower patch. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Okay, I can see it, honestly. <laughs> All right. So in his early ages, he showed things that you see most common in serial killers. What is something that you always see? The triad. What's it called? The something triad. The starting fires, wetting the bed, hurting animals. Hurting animals. Ding! In his early ages, he showed signs that you'd see in serial killers. He would um, capture and torture animals. And this actually gained his father's approval. His father was like, gold star for you, little Jimmy. No, just, Oh, he's a hunter. Yeah, he's a hunter. That's why I'm going to... What a man. Oh, God. <laughs> Make it stop. 
So his father was super proud of him of doing things. He's wow, gold star for fucking Keith. So at age five, this is when he really started just like small, like critters and creatures. It was like birds and like lizards and just like really random shit. First of all, I don't know how the fuck you would catch a bird. TBH. I can't fucking catch a bird because the second I open my slider, the birds from Africa are gone. I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's pretty fast. It's a fast one. This started at age five, and it got worse and worse as the years progressed. In 1968, they moved to Slay, Washington. Like, Slay. Slay. Like, Slay all day. They moved to this cute little trailer park, and he. this is when he began capturing wild cats and dogs, and he would start torturing them. So sad. Which is, like, super fucked up, because I could never imagine hurting a cat or a dog. Yeah. Back in Canada, see, this is where I'm, like, jumping a little bit, just because a lot of sources say different ages, so it's hard to pinpoint exactly when this happened, especially when it was in childhood. The desire became more and more for killing. He actually had two attempted murders, one when he was 10 and one when he was 11. That is really young. It's fucking psycho. It's super young. Yes. I'm going to go into both briefly because there's not too many details about it, but when he was 10, he had a friend named Martin. And Martin and Keith used to just do, like, wild shit. Like, they used to just get be bad, do a bunch of bad shit. And I guess they would get in trouble a lot together. One time, Martin did something that was pretty bad. It doesn't say what he did, but his dad was pissed. Both of their dads were pissed. Okay. And Martin decided that he was going to blame it on Keith. Okay. Like, I think to get out of trouble, because I think both the dads were pissed, but one dad was more pissed than the other dad. I know both the dads would hang out and drink all day. So... It's probably how they became friends. Like, exactly. Through their dads. Exactly. They were going to get into a fight. They were in the neighborhood where everybody can see. I don't know. I'm... Like they were going to get in a fight with each other? Yes. So, be... Like to put on a show or because no. they were actually mad? They were actually pissed because Martin blamed Keith okay, for whatever so he, was he did. like, meet me outside. How about that? I think they were just like hanging out and he's like, bro, what the fuck? And they got into a whole ass argument and Keith decided that he was going to fight Martin for blaming him and he was going to try to strangle him. So this is just like straight in their neighborhood like Homer Simpson style. Just to Bart? Yeah. Oh my god, so, that's crazy. Yeah, Keith was pissed. And Keith's dad seen from the window and came outside and was like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? And pulled them apart. So that was the attempted... That was the first attempted murder. Okay. So it was like serious. It and, wasn't like kid fighting. No. And Keith even said his intention was to kill him. Oh my gosh. Like, homeboy was pissed. And they weren't friends anymore. Shit, I'd hope not. Yeah. Unless you're into that kind of thing. We don't kink shame here. We don't. We've said it once. We'll say it again. Exactly. Then a year later, when Keith was 11, he got into an altercation with a boy during summer. He got in an argument with a kid at the lake, and he held his head underwater until the kid blacked out. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It's too far. Too far. It gets worse. Then, later that week, it must have been really hot in Canada during that week, what Keith did was he seen the same kid at the local pool. That was at the lake. Now they're at the pool. Keith decides that he's going to surprise attack this boy and try to drown him. Like in front of everybody at the pool? Yeah, just like mid-local pool. He's just like... He hated this kid. That is the day. What this kid doing? <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh I don't my fucking gosh. know. He clearly had problems. And then he attempted to drown the boy again. Why is this kid parents still letting him around Keith I'd be like like the little brat up, up the street from our apartment I tell my son he's three I'm like hey we don't hang out with people that are mean to us he's mean to you you're not playing with him my son just always wants to go out and play with him like oh he's outside and I'm like no you're not gonna let someone treat you like that you're not being treated that way so why is this parent still letting that their kid around Keith I'd be like dude he almost killed you stay away from that boy well, it was a surprise attack at the local pool 
Honey, why are they both there swimming? I don't know. I think they just like the. I think the local pool was in their neighborhood. Yeah, so everybody would go. So I think the boys would go alone. He's he's eleven. That's really fucking young. Pretty young. Okay, I don't know. Okay, but you know what? This was before video games and all that shit. And And they're Canadian. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, my kid's safe. It's fine. They're like, wait, mate. It's oh no, that's that's Australian. (laughs) It's a not. I don't know. I don't know. Nothing. I don't know. There's bacon. (laughs) So no, it's syrup. It's Canadian bacon, you dumb bitch. Oh, yeah, that's true. Keith isn't allowed at the pool anymore, clearly. Finally, shit. <laughs> Finally, no more Keith at the pool. This was at 11, and then he doesn't do anything bad for a couple years, like two years, three years. And then at 14, Keith reported that he was raped and molested by somebody in the family. Several sources said it was the dad. Other sources said it was the grandfather. I don't know what to believe. Okay. I looked at like 10 articles of five and five. So you don't even know how long this was going on before he reported it. Obviously something was happening to him to make him act this way. Exactly. And it makes a little bit more sense now why he was so angry. Exactly. From ages 14 to 20, I think him reporting this helped with his anger a little bit. From 14 to 20, nothing happens. He doesn't do anything. Because he probably wasn't getting abused anymore. Exactly. It really helped him out. Then, in 1975, he married his ex-wife named Rose Huck. They had three children. They had two daughters and one son. And he was a truck driver to support the family. So he would drive his truck. He's a truck driver. He's a, like a long-haul driver? Yeah, like a, yeah okay. that's what I was trying to get at. He's so he a drive his driver. truck really far? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. And they went to Spokane, Washington. So that's where they lived. There are a lot of crimes and killings and stuff like that in Spokane, Washington. Yes. That's his childhood. Their marriage was rough. He was gone a lot. She was stuck with the kids. There was obviously tension. With him being gone all the time, she began to suspect that he was cheating while he was away, which... Lot lizards. That's what we're going to get into. We love those lot lizards. Lot lizards. (laughs) Um, Actually, he did admit that he would hire sex workers at truck stops while on the road. Lot lizards. <laughs> thank you, thank you. For those who don't know. Yeah, lot lizards are sex workers that work at the local truck stops, and because a lot of trucks have beds in them, especially long haul, they would just get in the truck and perform some services, get Go paid. knock on doors while the truckers are sleeping. Exactly. Hey, I got some services to offer you, exactly. mister. Exactly. Rose wasn't going to put up with this shit anymore. In the year 1990, she decided that she was going to pack up the family while he was away, and drive 200 miles to her parents' house. That's my girl. Yep. She's my half Don't that. settle for less. Don't settle for less. If he won't do it, someone else will. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck them cheating husbands. Shortly after the divorce, that's is when he began to spiral into his alcoholism, his depression, his abuse, and all of that. Now I'm going to get into all of his victims. His first victim was during the very end of their marriage. January 21st, 1990, he met a young girl named Tanya Bennett at a bar that was close to his house. He had a house or an apartment that he would rent when him and his wife Rose would argue. He just had a house on the side because I think she would argue with him and then she'd kick him out and she'd be like, nah, fuck you, foo. So he'd be like, nah, fuck this shit, I'm leaving. Houses were so cheap back then, you could have two. Same. Now you can't even get one. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So he used to just have a house that was next to a local bar and he would go to the bar, get drunk, and then... Take people home. I think take people home or I think he would just sleep there, shit-faced. He meets this girl named Tanya Bennett and he decides that he's going to buy this girl drinks all night. Like, he was just going to be like, hey, girl, what you drinking? I got you. I'll take round for me or round for her. 
all her drinks, put it on my tab. Exactly. Let's make that two tabs and a one tab, girl. <laughs> he goes back to his house and they get in an argument about something. I think he may have wanted to sleep with her or some shit and she, or I don't know why they would get in an argument with a hookup. Just weird. I was trying to wrap my head around it. He gets into an argument with her and he decided that he was going to strangle her and dispose her into the Columbia River. And during the investigation for Tanya's murder, a woman named Laverne, I'm going to attempt to say her last name. It's P-A-V-L-I-N-A-C. I don't know how to say it. Kavlinok? Sure. During this time, she reads a bunch of news articles and sees all the media and everything. She has a, an abusive and psychotic boyfriend. She goes to the police to quote unquote confess using details she got from articles and newspapers that she helped her boyfriend rape, murder, and dispose of Tanya's body. Which... 1990 was a different time. I'm just going to say. Because if they confessed, wouldn't they, I don't know, wouldn't they still, like, match DNA? I want to say it was just starting. The reason that they solved cases through DNA in earlier times is because they saved the DNA and tested it later on when DNA testing became available. Oh, okay. But I don't remember when DNA testing became available, but I want to say this was either, like, early stages. Late 90s. Or... It might have been, like, early stages DNA testing or maybe not even at all yet. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. She's pissed at her boyfriend because he's abusive and psychotic, so she goes to the police and quote-unquote confesses and says, hey, we did it, which is crazy because if you're pissed at your boyfriend... You're going to throw yourself under the bus. Jill yeah. wasn't smart. No, she, she was big dumb. She was big dumb. March 5th, 1990, both agreed if they confessed, they wouldn't get the death penalty. She was sentenced a minimum of 10 years. Damn. For being accessory. That's crazy. And then he got life in prison. Like Gypsy Rose. Exactly. So they confessed to a murder that wasn't theirs. Yes. This made Keith pissed. He was fucking enraged that he wasn't getting the attention and the credibility that he deserved. He began writing letters and sending it to media and all this different shit about the murders. He would sign it with a smiley face. Little like a... So he just wanted the fame and to name himself and stuff. Yes. It made him really pissed that he's seen articles and everything. And as a truck driver, he read a bunch of news on the weather conditions. He was pissed. He began writing his confessions in truck stop Walt. I've heard this case a couple times, but I don't know why I can never remember it. I have heard of pe people who have been in jail from a really young age and are used to being in jail. Being in jail gives them food and housing and routine. And so I think some people actually will get locked up. That's why people will get out and then get locked up again. That's what I thought too. It gives them structure because they have a set routine. When I looked at Laverne and her boyfriend's background a little bit, because I was curious about that. They had never been to prison or jail or anything like that. That's just crazy. He just had misdemeanors. Unless they killed somebody else. Like, they really did kill somebody, but it, like, wasn't... Maybe. It could have been, according to the documents and everything that I've seen, in one of the news articles, Tanya's purse was dumped somewhere, and she, Laverne said that her and her boyfriend dumped it there, so they deemed that of credible information to arrest them. Okay. She That's was just crazy. pissed at her boyfriend. She confessed to a murder that wasn't hers, then threw herself under the bus. And then... Maybe she thought she wouldn't get in trouble for it or something? I don't know. She was just stupid. Okay. Fucking. I was like, what the heck? Like, I'm so confused. Keith was pissed, started sending stuff to media and writing on truck stop walls. He would do it on, like, mirrors and walls. And I don't know if you know anything about truck stops, but they are, like, heavily sanitized in between every use. Okay. I think he would mainly write them with the fog on the mirror. Okay, so then when it fogged up again, you would see it? You would see it. Okay. But he would sign that with a smiley face as well. I think they just take a pressure washer and just like, shh, 
all of it. I guess they didn't have smartphones, so they couldn't take pictures, but they would just wash it off. They probably did, just thought it was like... Stupid shit. Yeah. Now we're going to go to Keith's second victim. Keith's second victim was found in August 1992, and Keith said that he met a girl at a truck stop, and he offered to give her a ride, that they were headed in the same direction. He said that he felt uneasy about her because she, quote-unquote, felt like she was trying to play him. And this pissed him off because he was like, what the fuck? Then uh, this is what made him snap at this incident. He proceeded to bind her hands and feet. He duct taped her mouth, raped her, and then strangled her. This was one of the Jane Doe's that was found. And then while he was on the road in August 1992, a, his third victim, he claims that a woman entered his truck while he was sleeping and then strangled her and disposed of her body in the desert. That's what he claims. Okay. Like a lot lizard decided that she was going to... Rob or something? I don't know. That's what he claimed. And then she was found in Turlock, California, which is a couple miles from Blood. It's like the desert. Yeah. Her name was Cynthia Lynn Rose. Then in November 1982 in Salem, Oregon, which I didn't know Oregon had a Salem, but they do. I knew that. Oh, okay, fine. Oh, we got a fucking geological expert. Because I've researched Salem so many times <laughs> that I've seen. Salem, Oregon? Yeah. So he hires a woman named Lori Ann Penland, which was a sex worker. And after she performed her services, Keith claimed that she attempted to double the fee that they agreed on. And then they began arguing and saying that she was going to call the police claiming that he stole money from her. Um, And this pissed him off. So he strangled her and decided that he was going to dispose of her body behind a grocery store, which is like a bad place to... That's the worst place. Yeah. Place because that's where you unload, like the truckers come to unload. (laughs) Yeah. He should know that. I don't know, bro. It was like sloppy. Then in June 1993 in Santanella, California... A woman was found off Highway 152 named Patricia Skipple. She was kidnapped and raped before he killed her. Then he disposed her body just off the interstate. Unfortunately, this was a Jane Doe. And Patricia was found in 1923, but they were unable to identify her due to the extensive wounds and damage that was made to her skin. She's just been a Jane Doe. She was just identified in April 2022. In recent years, there has been studies using DNA websites to help unidentified DNA from cases such as the Golden State Killer. Patricia's nephew had done a DNA website, which was a match that allowed Patricia to be identified. Amazing. It's amazing, but so sad that they've been in the unknown for so long. I just love how everything's still improving. Yes. There's going to be so many victims that are finally brought home because of progressions with genealogy the sites and stuff like that i know it just it's so sad no it's like great that they've made that progress but it's just so sad to not know what happened to your loved one for so long yeah yeah and thinking that she was just missing it's crazy then in 1994 in crestview florida a woman which was a jane doe at the time who was later discovered to be suzanne she went missing in tampa florida and then she was found in Crestview off the side of a highway with the same MO that he had raped, strangled, and beaten. She was actually just identified in October 2023. Oh, damn. Due to DNA testing. Amazing. Exactly. Okay. And in January 1995, Keith met a woman named Angela Surprise in Spokane, Washington. So back home. He agreed to give her a ride to Colorado where she was headed to see her father. At one point along the way, I guess she used her credit card. So this is how she was identified to be with him. She stopped, she used a credit card, and then she also called her father, who insisted that he didn't want to see her. He's like, I don't want to see you, stay away. They must have had a rocky relationship, her and her father. She was going from Washington to Colorado. When she came back to the truck, she said she actually wanted to go to Indiana instead. I think she was just like, just drop me off in Colorado, or drop me off like wherever you are, or whatever. Keith felt that she was lying to him. So this is what made him snap. What he did was he was like, okay, sounds great. I'll take you as far as I'm going to go. And then he must have dwelled on it for a while because in Wyoming, he decided that he was going to kill, rape, and strangle her. Then in March 1995, a woman named 
Julie Winningham, which also appeared to be Keith's ex-girlfriend, was found on the side of a highway near Washington, Washington. She was beaten, raped, and killed and found in the nude. This was the only victim that he had that was actually found nude. Everybody else had clothes. It was personal. Exactly. He wanted to embarrass her, humiliate her mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. This was the final case before his arrest. Keith was questioned by the police soon after they found her body. And he didn't give them any answers. He beat around every single question, which made the police just more suspicious. How did they even come on to him? It was his ex-girlfriend. Oh, like a recent ex? Like they were, oh, like, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're like... That's where he fucked up. Exactly. Due to the progression of the case, he panicked that he was going to get caught. Two days later, he decided that he was going to turn himself in, hoping for leniency for the crime. He's like, if I turn myself in, then it won't be that bad. He only confessed to that murder. That was the only murder that he was going to turn himself in for. And then he began getting more and more guilty. And during Keith's time in custody, he began to confess the other crimes that he committed. A few days before his arrest, he also wrote a letter to his brother, which he confessed to killing eight people over the course of five years. This led to several authorities to reopen cold cases regarding the new profound details. At one point in custody, he claimed to have over 160 victims, but only eight have been confirmed so far. He just wanted the fame of it. Yes. In September 2009, he was actually sent to Riverside to serve one of the seven life sentences that he must do in Washington, Wyoming, Florida, Oregon, Nebraska, and California. He must serve sentences there as well. Now to enlighten more details as of January 8th, 2024, Riverside County DA is asking for help to identify a victim that was part of the Happy Face killing spree, hoping to give closure to one more family that this case has potential victim with horrid crimes. They're currently in the process of still finding victims based on with the same MO and across the United States right now, every single victim with that same MO, they're still comparing it to this case. So if you guys have any details regarding anything in Riverside County, please contact the Riverside DA. And that's it. We're actually going to head over there right now because we're really close to Riverside. So we're, we're just going to do a live interview. We're, we're just going to, Erica's going to say that I'm his lawyer. Uh, his lawyer. And then I'm in training In training. <laughs> we're just going to be like, I need to speak to him right now. Right now. But yeah, that's the case. <sighs> Crazy. Thanks. It's just, it's just so crazy. And I know that he got away with it for so long because he was a truck driver and he was doing all these murders in between. Jurisdictions? Yep. Which is really fucked up. So it's a lot harder to find these people. And then he's someone's dad. He has three kids. I know. Do you imagine? Which I was going to go into details of his kids, but I don't want to. Yeah, no, let them have their privacy. But finding out that your dad the whole time while he was at work... He was doing all these crazy things. Our dad's a truck driver. Yup. Excuse me, what you do? Sir. We need to know. Yeah, he can't be trusted. Can't be trusted. Actually, he can because we have his location. We do have his location. 2024. <laughs> He's on a 60. Like, yeah, 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 like 360. Yeah. Not sponsored. Plus, we call him all day, too. Yeah, and he calls he has, us because he's he, bored. He's bored. He's like, he's, I'm bored. He's like, what you doing? <laughs> 500 times a day. Oh, you're at the store? Oh, you back from the store now? Oh, what are you doing now? Actually, twice at the store. <laughs> Serious. What are you buying? What are you making for dinner? Honey, why do you need to know? You're not even here. You're in Washington. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, but this is a sad one just because it was between jurisdictions. And, you know, a lot of people didn't look into specific cases because they were sex workers. Exactly. It was just a different time for sex work. Exactly. They were treated differently, but... People are people. Everybody and a lot deserves. of... of Sex workers have kids and family and things like that, and it's just sad. It is. It really is, because I couldn't imagine. And plus, there's cameras at truck stops now. There's cameras and a lot more police. 
My dad was saying that they normally regularly patrol it. There's cameras everywhere. They're super lit now. Before it's they really were dark. Good. Yeah. But it's now. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. Which is better. But moral of the story is don't hitchhike because. You never know. You never know. Now I don't trust anybody. I don't either. Yeah. At all. I like go to the grocery store. Target. Even though I've definitely hitchhiked twice. What the fuck? You live and you learn. <laughs> I'm still here, buzz, buzz. <laughs> don't follow her example. It's bad. But it wasn't like thumbs up on the side of the road. It was like having a stranger bring you home from the beach type of stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm only making it like it's all much better. Fucking idiot. <laughs> don't hitchhike. Just take public transit and don't get murdered. How do you? Make sure you like, rate, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. Yeah, hit us up on Instagram with any recommendations. And until next time, don't forget to drop that dun dun dun. <laughs> Bye. Bye.